let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolaya. Come to meet us in person if you are attending Security Leadership Belgium on October the 5th and 6th in Brussels. Come and meet us to find out how UB Secure can help with your business challenges in cybersecurity and CIM. To find out more, take a look at the UB Secure events page, www.ubsecure.com slash events. See you in Brussels. Thank you for joining a new episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity. I was thinking personally, I have been using for accessing many online services. I use many authentication methods, identification services that we have been discussing in this podcast three years. But one that I have not used is smart cards, for instance, even though here by being a citizen of Finland, I have one, but I have not used it before. So that's one of the things we're going to discuss today, how to use smart card for identification and also What are the other identification services in Europe and especially from Sweden? That is from where our guest today is coming. Our guest today is Robert Lundin. He is a senior security consultant at Knowit. For the last year, he has been working with Bankirot as an IT security specialist, in which one of his most important duties is to coordinate all security audits using risk based approach. He also works with SOC, SEM Systems, Identity Governance and Administration, IGA. Among other roles, in his vast experience, he has seen and contributed to the evolution of EIDs in Sweden, including smart cards. Hello, Robert. Hello. Okay, Robert, so let's talk about data identity. But first, of course, we want to hear a bit more about yourself. So please, you can tell us, yeah, your journey to this world of data identity. I started in 1989 at a company named Bull. Uh, the first project I got was to finish a secure login and file transfer tool for Unix, which used smart cards, high-security smart cards, actually. And I have been working for the next 20 years at Bull Integristeria for, with the personalization systems for smart cards, issue system for electronic IDs, and so on. 2008. Nine, I started to work at Cybercom, which is now named Knowit. 2014, I started the first signing service using DIGS framework, which I still work with part-time. I've been working since 2015 to 2018 with the um, electronic medical certificate and the signing of them as a security specialist. And now from 2019, I work at Bankira to secure their operations. That's my background, basically, very shortly. Fantastic. We're going to talk about smart cards and also the EIDs in Sweden and Europe. But first, I know something interesting is to, to think of, in a, in a broader aspect, all the authentication methods and ways of verifying identities. So how can we trust one digital identity among, among all of the available ones? That's a very good question. Uh, the Europe, basically the authorities in Europe and, and everybody else, It's divided into four levels. First level, it's basically Facebook or something like it. It's an ID and password, and you have no control of your background. You basically check your email. Level two, you need to supply some kind of official registry. 
for example, is in Sweden, is the tax department's register, for example. Level three is the level which the authority uses in Sweden. And here you have one added one feature. That's when you get them digitally, you need to have a check with a physical ID card that you are the correct person in some way. And level four, which is basically only smart cards, this is the high security. And there you have also you need both at applying and picking up your electronic identity, you need to do physical ID check. For example, in Sweden, the tax department's smart card you can you can buy. It's both an ID card and an electronic ID card. So basically, you need to put your digital identity in these four categories and base your trust on that. So if you want to really secure, you will tag level three and level four. So Facebook, can you trust it? No, no. You have to be a bit very careful because somebody can spoof the system very easily. Interesting to see that smart cards is at the top. Of course, you said that the top, the, the level three and four are the ones that are uh, mostly recommended to be used. And, and I was thinking why smart cards sit at the very top. It might be because of how the identity is stored. What can you say about that? So uh, when trusting a digital identity... Uh, securing that storage. Yeah, that's the difficult part because I have been working with, um, I mean, for 33 years now, basically how to store your keys, which you use for your electronic identity. Because machines, for example, where do you store the key, which use the certificate, for example, the web service certificate. It's usually in the file system. It's not very safe being stored. Then you need to store it protect the whole system very, very hard. And that can be a very, very, very tricky if you're not very good at it. But if you take a smart card, for example, well, you can't copy a smart card. That's very important. A phone, for example, you can, you can make a copy of it, of a mobile phone. Most of them you can actually also break into if you're, if you're very, very skilled and have a lot of resources. But a smart card, you can't because it costs our norms. It's theoretically possible. Uh, nobody has done it, but if you have a very, very, very specialized equipment, which costs a lot of money, and there is not that, that many of them in, in, in the world, it's theoretically you can break one smart card. Is it cost effective? No, it's not. Basically, smart cards is the safest way you can do it. Phones, it's as long as you have control of your phone or don't install a lot of apps on it, it should be okay, but uh, same for, for for a computer. And that means you need to don't click on links and so on. Make make sure you have your antivirus and so on. You have a reasonably safe, so you can protect your keys, which is the, important for your electronic identities. Take for example, I have a bank ID, both mobile and card for handles banking. Which one is most safe of these two? Of course, the card. And uh, certain operations on handle banking you can only do by card and not by mobile phone. Interesting fact. Yes, I, I was not aware of that actually. Yeah, somehow surprises me because smart cards are not on our many people's minds. So uh, yeah, as you said, it's the is it the most secure of all of them. So what makes it more more secure than a mobile phone or any other device? It's because it's one ship. What they have done is from the beginning. They've put everything on one ship. 
So in the ship, you have uh, CPU, you have ROM, RAM, you have a communication channel, and you have security systems on it. That means you want to break into it. You need, basically, you need to go inside the ship, and that's very difficult. Your smart card, you have in your pocket, in your wallet, normally. These two facts is why it's safe. If you take a mobile phone, it's stored in a special area in the operating system on the phone. That's not as safe because it's possible to break into these, these areas in the phone by having the right privileges in the, in the system. And, and another fact is that, take for example a smart card. The smart card takes... I talked with a guy who did the software for the electronic identity application on the on the smart card and they spent 18 man years just in validating it's safe 18 man years certify that this software is safe you don't do that with the phone software because the same software is used for national identity cards and they must be safe because the state is issuing them. They want them to be safe. Well, quite impressive indeed. Yeah, focusing first of all in Sweden, what are the other identification services available in Sweden right now? <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult question to answer because every authority needs to procure an identification services from suppliers like NOIT, CGI, and so on, which they use as... A, and help them to log on to their web pages. So all the authorities, all the the local municipalities, for example, have these log-on services. So, for example, I used Elevio, Eon, and Fastum, for example, to pay my bills. And I was using the same identification services with together with mobile bank ID. So you don't you don't see these services because you go to the web page and say I want to use my mobile bank ID for example, and here you have have a services which is invisible basically, which help you log on. Yeah, indeed. But if if we if we narrow down to the yeah to the method itself, like bank ID, smart cards. So what others are available in in Sweden? Yeah, I mean, I mean if you think for as a Private persons, you have the, the biggest is the mobile banking ID. Freya ID Plus is contender. You had the Telia for a number of years, which is not very large. If you look at the healthcare, for example, you have the SITS card, which has seven or 800,000 users. The same, the authorities has their own card, which you can use to log on to the PC, for example. So th there are a lot of this going on. What most of the users, I mean, for the majority of people, what are the main EIDs that the people should should be using? If you look at look at it from my perspective, mobile bank ID has is dominating totally. I mean, it has ninety something. Basically, everybody else is so small in comparison. I hope the Freya can be a contender, but they need to step up basically. In Sweden, I mean, everybody's using mobile bank ID. And if they're not using it, well, they will not get as good services from authorities or private companies. 
Yeah, so it's methods are a requirement for for many services, right? The government and also from some private services. Yeah. Tell us now more about smart cards. So how it started, what are smart cards? I mean, they are not, not only for identity, correct? So I started work with smart cards in 1989. And the, the first smart cards which were uh, made was made in 1982. And they basically function in the same way. You just have uh, upgraded uh, the storage on it instead of AirProm, which you can only write once. You have ROMs, you can rewrite certain memory cells. And uh, you have standardized the cards very, very hard. So the standard ISO standard 7816, 7816, it's a very, very good standard. I mean, it's a very old standard, basically. And uh, every national ID card you see is using it, for example. SITS card for the healthcare is using it. The bank ID on card is using it. It's the same specification in the ship and how it's handled. So, so I have been using it for 33 years already. Yeah, for <laughs> quite long. And, and yeah, if you say that the first of these smart cards started in 1982, yeah, it's like 40 years already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel, I don't know, in Finland it's not very popular. I don't know if it's more successful in other countries? Yeah, that has been a problem because that's why everybody is doing mobile bank ID type of applications because everybody has a phone. But smart cards, you need a card reader. And a couple of years ago, a lot of PCs had card readers implemented, but nowadays started removing them, which I think is bad because smart cards is a European thing. And... Uh, Manufacturers is, is not European, basically. But in Europe, definitely smart card is here now. It's going to be something for the future. Because if you look at it, if you want the highest security, you're going to use a smart card. So certain EU services, you need to have a smart card already today. Or else you can't use the services. Yeah, so you said that the laptops, most recent, they are stopping shipping uh, laptops with a with a reader, the integrated reader. Yeah, because it, it has been a trend to remove all uh, all the ports on mm, the yeah. uh, mobile PC. Yeah, not only the smart cards, yes. No, uh, it's everything basically. So you can be lucky if you have one or two USB ports. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very rare now. It's Typically, it's one, I think, in, in many laptops today. Yeah, and that's a problem because then you need an accessory instead. I think it's a very bad idea. Yeah, but there are still, I mean, if you you can still today find a laptop that comes with a smart card reader. Yeah, you can do that because in Sweden and the rest of Europe, a lot of authorities require it. They don't buy them else. So they need some models who have them. I think it's super clear now that you mentioned the security aspect is what makes smart card good reason to stay and to take it seriously. Anything else related to, to smart cards that you can tell us? As I say, it in Europe, because you want to have a safe identification methods. I know that Germans, for example, they like the idea of... Uh, Using a smart card to sign the documents you, you, you are sending to the authorities. Because a smart card with the level four trust level, 
it's very, very, very hard to fake it. And you have documents, you can see who signed it. You can't deny it, but that you signed it because you have at the same time where you get the smart card, you have a duty to report it if you lose it. If you have not lose it, you haven't. Then you can't deny it. It was you who did it. And then it's going, I mean, you, you can still have a person which stands there as a, I don't know the English word for it. Målvakt in Swedish is basically a nobody which takes all the blame. You need to show that you own the company and then you can't put somebody, a dummy, in between yourself. It's very difficult when you have must personally sign the documents or else you, you get the traceability, which is very, very difficult to, to break. Yeah, exactly. In that perspective, actually, you, if you just think of your own ID, even even if it's not a smart card, so an ID is something that you would not leave it behind, right? It's, you know what it is, and, it, and as you said, if you lose that one, you would report it, get a new one, so with a bigger reason, a smart card. Yeah, I mean, take for example, if you, if you lose your electronic ide- identities, you're really, really handicapped in today's society. So it's very important that you protect your electronic identities because if you lose them, you're in a mess. You, yeah, you get a, what well, you can call excluded or disconnected or, yeah, from, from many services. That's, that's correct. Tell us what is now the, the scenario, the landscape of the digital identities in Europe, you now being broadly. So what's, what's going on today in, in Europe regarding this? It's a very mixed bag to start with, but you can say one thing. Every country in Europe has some kind of national identities in some way everyone, because you can't live without them. You need to have them. The development pace of different countries is very, very different. Some is very advanced, some are not. The difficult part here is not actually a digital identity. I started, I, I, I worked for the Belgian authorities with the Belgpic, which is the Belgian national ID card. This was in around 20 years ago. It was not a problem to issue the cards because at that time they had issued five or six million cards. It's to have services that use them. And most countries in Europe has problems. Sweden is, is a country which has a very, very good number of applications use national ID or similar schemes. Take, for example, I spent 10 years to standardize a citizen card in, in, in Europe at the European National Institute for Standards. Saying it's actually the standard we use for national ID cards today, the technical standard, because uh, we failed in one aspect, and the one, that was um, get one card for all countries in Europe, because every state uh, wants to control their own identities. We ne- never managed to, to, to bridge that gap. The technical standard is pretty decent. I think, uh, because every nationality, if you take the Swedish national ID card from the, the police, it looks the same as other countries in Europe. But one card for every country in Europe, no, it's not going to happen. If not, you manage to get a major decision of all countries to, to, to follow the same card, which is not going to happen. Too many countries, too many wills. Take, for example, the Polish, they absolutely refuse 
leave control of their own identities from Poland to somebody else in Europe. Yeah, it sounds sound difficult as you said. 20 something countries, yeah, it's difficult to get that consensus. Yeah, it's not there. It's uh, the pain of not having, I mean, today we're talking about being able to use it. And, and the pain for having different systems is not big enough, basically. There must be a problem first. And which other, besides smart cards, what do you think would be a good solution for Europe? Basically, what the EIDAS regulation from the EU actually requires Swedish authorities, for example, to have a page where you have a foreign card, I mean, a card from Belgium or Estonia or other countries, which can log on to the Swedish page. So the Swedish authorities are required to have this page, which you can log on with the other countries' identities, but they're not required to have any services behind at the moment. Probably come in the next level of EDAS regulation. So EU is starting to move in the direction of safe electronic identities for all countries. Take, for example, Sweden has been... Well, sitting here and doing integration with all authorities and so on, getting a service, but we have not looked what the rest of Europe is doing. So Belgium and Estonia especially has, well, has services which you don't have in Sweden. And we have a giant problem in Sweden because in the rest of Europe, they talk about qualified certificates. That means the issuer has a legal right If you have a mail function, an electronic ID, or something like the issuing party doesn't fulfill their expectations, there is a legal requirement for them to pay the third party. For example, you and I make a transaction, and a third party, for example, is my mother, because this transaction was faulty because of the, the electronic identities used, and my mother is suffering from it. She has a legal right to have uh, compensation. This is the basic of qualified certificates. Plus that you have qualified. The, the standards for it is higher than, uh, than the current in Sweden. And Sweden has not taken on the qualified certificates, which the rest of Europe is the basic level, basically. So we have in Sweden an, an, a challenge, we can say. Okay, in terms of signatures. And which, which countries are you... You feel they are leading the development of these EIDs in Europe? Yeah, I mean, both Belgium and Estonia has, for example, uh, electronic identities on smart cards for whole population. And Sweden, well, we have a mobile bank ID, but it's banks. The national ID card we have, yeah, it's an ID card, but you don't have any certificates on it. So you can't use it as an electronic ID. I don't know what police is doing, but or the, the government, but then you have to use the tax department card, which is a, a, approximately the same as a national ID, except you don't get the guarantee that which country you come from, which you get from the national ID card. Basically, else they are the same card, basically, because early versions of the national ID card had the ship. So it's very easy to put the ship on it, but for some reason, police doesn't want to do that. Well, interesting to, to know those, those details. Of course, uh, as you said, every country is uh, making progress by different speed, different, yeah, making different decisions, of course. 
yeah, thank you for shedding light on, on the EIDs across Europe. So I'd like to ask you one final question, Robert. For all business leaders listening to us now, what is the one actionable idea that they should write on their agendas today? They need a strategy for electronic ID and they need to stop using ID and passwords. You need to have some kind of handling on you how you will use your electronic. That means how you identify the uses, how you provision the electronic IDs, and what trust level you need to have on your electronic IDs. Take, for example, very many, many companies in Sweden using AD from Microsoft, Active Directory from Microsoft. What, what they require is MFA or two-factors apl- application. Basically, they need some kind of extra. You can get that, for example, and so on. So they're moving in the right direction, but they haven't draw, really started to ask themselves basic handling of the electronic ID they definitely need a strategy because all these internet activities, cyber warfare and all these internet trolls, and but especially the state-sponsored hacking groups, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So the ones who don't have a strategy and know what they're doing is going to be harshly punished. That's my message, basically. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot uh, again, Robert. So super interesting conversation and giving into a lot of details on the smart cards we haven't discussed before in this in this podcast. Super secure, super interesting, and sounds that is going to be uh, with us for a long time still. Eh? Securing our identifications, Robert. Please, if some people would like to follow you or get in touch with you, what are the best ways? You can use my email address for know it. Robert with an H dot Lundin at knowit.se. It's probably the best way of getting in touch with me. Thanks a lot again, Robert, and all the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity, produced by UbiSecure. Stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com slash podcast or join us on Twitter at ubisecure.com and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time, 